0: Welcome to the A-Game
1: Podcast with Nick Lemagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-game.
0: My interview today on the A-game podcast is top five UFC lightweight raging Al Ayakinta, who is also climbing the ranks of the real estate ladder as well. He's making a name for himself on that side of it too. This is a guy that I've been friends with for a while, and uh, I just I respect him tremendously. Uh, I learn a lot from him. I, I get a lot out of watching how he operates and how he handles himself, and I got a lot of this interview. I really appreciate him doing it. He did this interview a while ago. I had some issues with iTunes getting it out, so I do apologize that it's from uh, a few months back prior to his Kevin Lee fight, but... We talk a lot about business, about real estate, goals, mindsets, some stuff about fighting as well, and I still think you'll get a lot out of it, and it's a great interview. Timing's pretty good, too. He's got a fight coming up May 4th. It's this Saturday on ESPN Plus against Donald Cerrone, which should be an amazing fight and an outstanding fight, and we'll definitely pull in for a win for him on that. Great guy, great dude, just a guy's guy, a fighter's fighter, everybody that knows him respects him, and uh he just brings his A-game to everything. So I thought he was a great fit for the podcast. And I, again, really appreciate him doing it. I got a lot out of it, and I hope you do too. In the meantime, if you do want to contact me about any investment opportunities, see some of the stuff we're working on, you can email me at nick, N-I-C-K, at nick, nick, com. If you're interested in partnering on some investment properties or potentially buying some investment properties or selling some investment properties, uh, that would be the best way to open up that conversation. So again, Raging Ally Aquinta, good luck this weekend. Really appreciate you doing the interview. Really looking forward to your fight. And I hope you guys enjoy this interview. I think my favorite interview I heard you do was with uh, Chael Sonnen when you were like, yeah, I'm getting into real estate. Like, I got my black belt in fighting why can't I get my black belt in real estate? I'm going to put all the same effort I put into fighting into this. And I was like, man, that's the kind of shit like I want to see it's Like people who, whether you scrub toilets or you're fighting for a title or you're trying to be a real estate agent or an investor, you just bring your a game through no matter what you do. Like, so I was like, I just want to talk to people like that. And then not to, to rant too long on it. But then one of my buddies who was uh, in Biohazard, he was on a podcast with another guy from Hatebreed. And he was like, yeah, I, I had all these friends that we grew up with touring and then they had families or they're touring in different cities and I don't get to see people. He's like, so I started a podcast just so I could start talking to people that I don't usually talk to just to keep in touch. And I was like, that's awesome. Cause like I'm always on the road. So I'm always like, Oh, I should reach out to this guy or this guy or this guy. I'll do it tomorrow. And then like a year goes by and you're like, man. So I just thought at the very least, it was like a cool thing to do like that, man. So I appreciate you jumping on and touching base and stuff like that. You know, absolutely, uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate you, uh, reaching out to me and, having me on. I, I know just from like teaching classes and going to other classes, like people do spend a lot of time on mindset and stuff. And, and some of it is just overkill. But I also yeah. see the people that are like, just give me the steps. I don't need any other stuff. And like, I always tell everybody, like, I could give you that, but I've never met an investor who goes, look, I, I'm not successful in real estate because I don't know how to put a rehab budget together. Or I don't know what this term means. Cause like with technology, you can look all that stuff up. It's It's really what I found is holding yourself accountable, being consistent, and and finding ways to keep yourself motivated when the the days that you don't want to do stuff. Like I always bring up Aljo. I I love when he had the shirt. It's what I do when no one's watching. Like I feel like that's all the difference in the world is people watch Million Dollar Listing and they're like, oh, like, yeah, I'm going to get my real estate license in New York and I'm just going to make a million dollars. Or they watch Flip This House. They go, yeah, I buy it. I fix it up and I sell it. Like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then the second they go, oh, wait, no, this is actually work and it's actually hard. They go, I'm going to go find the next like easy thing or the next like um, tr- truck set. And he was like, dude, because I would have so many more clients for my weight loss stuff if I showed a picture of me at 350 pounds and then a picture of me at 170. And I went, if you hire me for 30 days, this is how you're going to look. He's like, but that's not real. So I tell people like, I want you to lose weight, but I don't want you to have to use me anymore. I want you to keep it off. So it's going to take four months and there's going to be good habits. And they go. I appreciate you being honest, but I'm gonna go pay for this secret magic pill I saw on TV instead. Like they don't want to put the work in, it. I just feel like that's the difference. No matter what it is, you know what I mean. They always go, "Oh no," nah. you know. That's the difference. It's you know changing your lifestyle. If you if you,
1: um, you know, when I made set a goal to really get this real estate thing down, it's not something you can kind of do when you want to do it. You got to make a lifestyle change so that. When the job needs to get done, you know you're you're available and you can you can make it happen. Same thing with fighting; everyone gets beat up and and, you know gets down on themselves and maybe wants to take a day off the gym. You gotta kind of you gotta schedule a same thing lifestyle. You know you have your off days so you recover and then you have your days that you work. And no matter how you you know you can kind of tailor things a little bit, but you gotta be working the whole
0: time for sure. Do you see that kind of stuff in the gym too? Like the, you know, the guys, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you get it a hundred times more than I do, but even, even like me, if I go out, I haven't been home for a while. There's always the guy who comes up to me like, oh yeah, you're still doing that, that jujitsu stuff. Oh, I'd love to do that. I've had 400 street fights and I'm like, well, you know, we talk about this every time I see you that you're drunk and I'd say, you to come down to Sarah's on Monday or go check out long. Well, next time you come home, we're going to go. And it's been eight years of that, you know, uh-huh. and people are like, I'm uh-huh. going to, I'm going I'm to, and then or the guys that show up at the gym and go like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a tough guy. I want to fight in the UFC one day. Give me the biggest guy in here. And Longo or matter will be like, well, why don't you take like a blue belt now? And then they go, and they go, this is hard. And then they either come back the next day and they go, I need to get better at this. But most of them don't. Most of them go, oh, I'm just going to go find something else that doesn't take a lot of work or bruise my ego. Like, are, are you seeing the same type of stuff still at the gym every day or in real estate just in general?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's uh, wanting to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. You know what I mean? And then become comfortable putting yourself in. You become used to feeling a little uncomfortable, out of place. You go to the gym for the first time, everyone's good. Everyone knows what they're doing. You're a little out of place. But you got to get past that. You know, get 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 in the door. Um, do your first class. And then eventually you put in the work. You, you end up one of the people there and you can welcome new people in. And it's the same thing with real estate. If you're going on uh, your first listing presentation ever – you're, you're going to be uncomfortable, you know, but you got to uh, you got to get get comfortable being in a situation like that. And because whatever you do, you're going to if you want to be the best in something, you're going to have to throw yourself in the in the fire. And being uncomfortable is going to happen. But you just got to you push, push past that. Now you go on listing appointments and it's like no big deal. You walk in the gym, you say hi to everybody and you think back. You're like, wow, I can't believe I was, uh, you know hesitant to come here and start this. I wish I would have done
0: it earlier. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I, I always get the same answer. Like, you know, guys come into jujitsu or guys get into real estate and they go, oh, I wish I would have found that when I was your age. And like, you know, I always hear that that uh what's the old quote? Like the best time to plan a tree was 20 years ago, the second best time is today. Right? I wish I could take credit for writing it, but uh but that's literally what made me start doing this. Like there's so many things that I was like, man, if I would have tracked my leads when I first started doing this, like like and treated it like a business and had a CRM I'd have so many buyers and sellers and investors right now that I would just be able to toss an email or a text message out. And then it's almost overwhelming because I look at it and I'm like, well, yeah, but like that was 10 years of that. Like, where do I start? And then I was like, I just, I just have to start. Like, I just have to start somewhere with one lead or one phone call or or one software. And, you know, I just feel like people don't take those steps, man. You know? Absolutely.
1: And two funding Finding the right people to kind of help you get there and get get through those times. Like, you go to you got to find the right gym if you're going to get into real estate. You got to find. You might have to go through a couple of different brokerages. You might have to, you know, you might have to mess up, but you can't be you, you can't be afraid to mess up and you know find the right gym, find the right um, uh, real estate brokerage or whatever you're doing. Align yourself with people that are successful, people that you can get along with. I guess. When I came out to uh, to the Vettucci's um, seminar, it was you align yourself with people that are getting the job done. I learned so much that weekend. Real estate, I found Home Smart Living, uh, Home Smart Premier Living, which uh, it started. It was the three of us. Um, my broker was with a, a big brokerage, and he didn't want to pay all his fees, so he started his own. It was just the three of us in a small little office in Edendale. Now he's got like 50 agents, and uh, I'm just glad that I left. I was with Keller Williams, and they were kind of uh, – it was kind of like just go do your thing. They didn't really teach me too much, and then they took a, a large percentage um, through friends. I met Rich Raspintini at HomeSmart, and HomeSmart is uh, it's kind of on the forefront of real estate as far as being a being, um, 100% commission brokerage. So agents get 100% of that commission. They pay a transaction fee of $500, no matter, what, um, no matter what the purchase price of the house is. So agents, it, it's, it's probably the fastest growing brokerage in the nation. They started on the West Coast and now coming over. Um, my broker, Rich, saw how good they were doing on the West Coast, and he was a step ahead of the game. So you know those are the kind of people that I try to align myself with Ray Longo Matt Serra, they're the the you know they're the top coaches in the sport. they've been in the game forever they know the deal. Um, all their guys have success all, all the whole team has success and I saw that when when I was getting into it you know you got to align yourself with uh, with the right coaches, the right mentors, the right people because if you want to do it on
0: your own it's very 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 difficult if not
1: impossible you know?
0: agree, yeah. agree. Matt always tells, "Uh, water finds its own level." Yep, yep,
1: right. Yeah. They both they both have said that to me, and I it, it's so true. You know, you you're in a room with people that are training to be the best in the world, and you're there to do the same thing. It's it's a breeding ground for success for sure. If, you, if everybody in the office wants to be a uh, you know a top seller, you guys are kind of competing with each other. It's you know it's competition. Um, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing, you know, just competing. Um, have the right
0: mindset. They, they, they all, they all find each other in some way. Yeah, I agree, man, I agree, and I see like a huge difference because uh, you know, obviously, from traveling around, like I go to all these different gyms, and it's, it's really, really easy when you've been around good people, even with like real estate or especially like jujitsu gyms when you come from like Longo and Matt, and then you go to these other places, now that you know what a good one really is and a good coach really is and a good mentor really is, it's so much easier to identify the bad ones and just know what does what you don't like. And, you know, again, it's not even not even to be like uh, like a, an ass about it, but just because uh, it, it's, it's got to fit for you. You know what I mean? Like there might be the same gym that me and somebody else walk into or the same mentor for real estate that me and you both talk to, and it, it's not that they're bad but they're not the right fit for me. And I think that's the other thing is people just assume like, because this is somewhere that people say it's good, I'm going to go there, but they don't pay attention to those things. Like this isn't the right brokerage for me. This isn't the right gym for me. And they got kind of a lot of that, you know, and, and, uh, and then the people that, uh, you know, it's a fine
1: line. It's between knowing what's right for you. And then there's some people, they just bounce around and they just never, it's like, they never get a long, you know, you could tell those, the people that have been in every gym and they just can't, yeah, they can't find. Uh, they, you could you can tell that there's something wrong there. Yeah. You know? so yeah, people that maybe aren't the most serious real estate agents kind of bounce around to try to get the best deal, but um, you know, it's really it's really just about working the hardest for yourself. And like you said, find the right people, but just bouncing around never works out. The, the, the people that bounce around, they, they always seem to be looking for something better.
0: I don't know. I think people do in my experience the people that I see that do that it's because it's a lot easier if something's not working to point outside and say well it's the brokerage it's the coach it's the gym it's my teammates instead yeah. of having to actually like sit there and own like maybe i have to look at myself maybe i have to put in more work maybe i have to act there you know what i mean like it's always easier to point the blame somewhere else and point the responsibility somewhere else which i feel like some people just don't have it. like i've never seen you either. the perfect example is when you hurt your knee And I would go down to Longo's and I don't care if I was there at 10 o'clock in the morning, five o'clock at night, you were there and you were, you had one leg and you were just on the bike or you were just rehabbing or you were just around there or like working out with like the kids and doing privates and stuff. Like you were putting that time and you weren't making excuses to be lazy. And and that's the stuff that people see why like, okay, I'll disappear for a little while. Well, no, actually I was like in the background, still putting the time and he was still at the gym just because you didn't see it. And that's why when you get those opportunities to jump in and freaking fight Khabib on, like, fucking three hours notice, like, you do those things. That stuff I don't feel like ever happens by accident. It's all those small things every day, all those decisions you always made for, like, preparing for the future that people don't see. That's the stuff that counts, you know? They just see, like, Al's fighting on TV. I want to go to his after party, overnight success. Like, that's decades of you busting your ass and destroying your body and all that stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's... uh uh, what you said before—the inner that—it's that inner battle of of uh, putting the blame on yourself. You know, it's—I think everyone struggles with that. I, I mean, I definitely do. Putting something, something goes wrong, and you gotta really just look at yourself. And 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 the more you do that, I think for me, the more I realize this is my—you know—fighting is all on me. If if, if I'm a, if I can't blame a trainer some people blame blamed whatever the reason you're not succeeding at the end of the day, it's all on you. If you're, if you're at a bad brokerage and you, or if you can't get deals done for whatever reason, there's, there's people getting it done. So you gotta, you gotta look, look at yourself, figure out what's, um, you know, what's gotta be changed and go on. Cause if you, if you keep blaming everybody else, it's going to just be, uh, same song and dance. It'll always be somebody else, but you'll, 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 you'll always be right. But, It'll it'll be the other people that uh that you put the blame on, and putting the blame on yourself, you get it done. That's it. You just get it you just get it done.
0: Have you always been like that? Have you like what was it that you you think happened? Like it's like for me, obviously, like, it was stuff like my hand. Like I don't feel like I was always like as driven or goal oriented until I found out that like oh like it's you can't always just do it tomorrow. Like things do change, but like other people are just kind of I guess born with that mental just strength and toughness and competitive edge and just kind of take no crap attitude. Like I, you've had it as long as I've known you, but like, did well, is that something you've just always been like since you were a kid? Uh, I think I, to a certain
1: extent, yes. My father was a football coach. Um, both of my parents were always very involved in athletics. So competing is always, so I always played sports, but really when I turned up the notch is when I was in, uh, when I, I was in high school, I, I wrestled varsity in ninth grade, and I I really was, you know, I was not. I was young. I wasn't great. I got I got beat up a little bit. I, I took I took a lot of losses that year, and I was like, I'm just. I made it. I just immersed myself in wrestling. I said, you know, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. Two summers, I went to um, Jay Robinson Intensive Wrestling Camp, which is uh, it's 28 days. You, you practice like three times a day. It's like a boot camp military guys you know at the time i've heard that they've lightened up a little bit because it's it was pretty it was really intense i heard they've lightened up a little bit like i mean i guess everybody's it seems like everyone's lightening up on kids these days (laughs) but um it was uh it was brutal man and and they a lot of it was mindset they trained you in in wrestling very hard but um jay robinson he's he's a really good he's um University of Minnesota's head wrestling coach forever. I don't, I'm not sure if he's still coaching or not, but he's a great motivational speaker, and he would just, every day he would talk about things like this, you know. and It really stuck with me. He, mindset, just pushing, setting a goal. He was big with goals. That's what I really learned to set goals. I would write down my goals, long-term, short-term. Um, you know, what did I want to accomplish this week in practice? Do I want to get a new shot down? Do I want to Am I having problems with something that I need to fix, getting off the bottom, getting off my back. So I would have these short term goals. How many, how many practices I wanted to get in, how many medium term goals, how many matches I wanted to get in, in a summer. Um, and then the long-term goal, you know, what was the, what was the end goal, uh, being all County, being all state, winning a state title, stuff like that. Um, and then a lot of those goals I didn't reach. Uh, so I put, I, transferred it over into MMA and it was, I set new goals. You, you don't reach goals. You reset them. You re redo things and uh,
0: just keep pushing through. That's awesome, man. I like that. You don't reach goals. You reset them. That's good stuff there. Yeah. I mean, you set goals high. Cause if you set them too low, I, I
1: always set my I mean, I set them high for myself. I, I hold a high standard when, uh, when competing with other people and you don't always get there. We, when you do, it's, that's that's the best feeling, having a goal written down and just crossing it off the list. You know, get a goal accomplished. On to the next thing, looking looking up higher, keeping keeping it going. And that's uh, that's a bit, like I said, learned learned a lot about it at, at the uh, J Robinson camp. My father was always my father has stacks of books of just he's a, a high school football coach and a, and a phys ed teacher, but he has just stacks of notes of of what he does from the time he wakes up to the time he goes to bed, you know, he wakes up at like 5am. He's, he's doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this. Um, and it just makes the day flow. You have everything in front of you. You see it, uh, every day. And same thing with the goals. You write down your goals. They're in front of you. You sh- you see it every day and you, you remind yourself. And it's, 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 um, you know, it's tough to keep up with it, but it's definitely important. It's the most important thing. I think, for for um for success and brought that over to the real estate thing. Same thing. How many how many meetings do I want to have with people? How many houses do I wanna get? How many listings do I want? How many buyers do I want? Um and the end goal, how many how many deals do I want to have done over X amount of time?
0: You know? That's awesome. How do you how do you structure that? So you know again a, a balance is always like a tough thing. So between fighting and doing privates and doing real estate and doing like social media stuff and podcasts and things, do you do you use just like a notebook or even your dad if he's been doing that forever? You know, I know guys that use whiteboards, guys that use like Dropbox, Excel sheets, pads. And is there like a specific time of your day that you made that a habit? Like I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is write down my goals or plan out my day, my hours, my week. Like how specific and routine have you made this stuff? You
1: know, if, if it's the night before, I'll write down kind of my schedule for the next day. I'm waking up at this time. This is the first thing I'm going to do, and uh, you know, plan out the whole day. Go through the day. I, I got rid of I got rid of Instagram and Twitter off my phone. I don't have it on my phone anymore because I would waste the first hour of my day. Would be I, the first thing I would do is look at my phone, and I'm scrolling through videos like memes and stupid shit for an hour. <laughs> and it took me a while to realize that it was actually one of my one of my friends. He said the same thing, and we—I was, I was like, "Wow, you're right. I—I I do the same exact thing. It's such a waste of time." Um, so now the first thing I do is I wake up and I do—I write goals, stuff like that. I've been doing reading, reading more, but the social media shit—holy crap, that'll kill you. It's like it's it's an endless pit of just videos and stuff. It's cool stuff, good to pass the time, but it's not going to get you anywhere.
0: You yeah. Know? I mean, what business are you getting through social media? Because I know you, and you have like probably the most popular parody account on like the entire Twitter universe. But um, that—that's like another thing that I was really interested because you're a little bit of an anomaly like that too. That for some reason, which I, I think is so crazy, of all the things that people do, the keyboard warriors for fighters are the worst. But you know, again, in the age of social media, not even necessarily for the UFC stuff, but obviously marketing yourself and your brand and letting people know that you are doing real estate, having that following and that name and that, that you know, your face out there all over probably would help. But at the same time, it's probably also a, a huge pain in the ass because you constantly have to deal with all the idiots and the, like, so how do you kind of balance that out for keeping it positive, not letting them get to you, but still using it for the good, not the bad? Well,
1: I, I believe I got rid of it. So I haven't been really used. I go on I go on the computer when I get home and I look at Twitter, but yeah, it's it can um, it can it can mess with you. I, I found myself responding to the neck all the negative, you know, and then the good when people would say something good, I'd just be like, oh, thanks, and, you know, but kind of be like, I wouldn't emphasize that. I wouldn't really, I kind of overlook the good, and then you really just people say negative things and let it get. I I, uh, I think getting rid of it, it'll it'll. Be a lot better for me, as far as that goes. You know, I I won't be harping on the, the what people say, the negative stuff, because you see it all. You know, um, I think that that's, that's. But going back to the other things, um, the scheduling—that's the—that's so important. You know, being able, waking up and the first thing you're doing is something positive, just sets a good tone for the day, rather than
0: sitting there and i don't know looking at nonsense no i agree man it's a total time waster and it, and it could put you in that black hole it's it's hard sometimes to shut that stuff out like even you know i'll look at stuff and and even today i was looking for the one of these guys i just met and, and he was on a podcast so i searched for the podcast and it linked me into like a hundred real estate investing podcasts and then like you start to think you know what everybody's doing this there's not nobody's gonna listen and there's not gonna be any deals and like the you know you it's easy to go down that black hole, you know what I mean? But I feel like, you know, you just, you start going for it and you just, I don't know, you just kind of dig through and I know it works, but there's, I assume that most people quit. Like even it's, it's crazy to me. I'll go to all these networking events. I probably spent like 50 grand on all these extra networking events over the last like six weeks. And I've met so many people and I've barely heard from anybody and nobody posts like on the forums or the sites or like, lets me know about their deals. So I've been going and contacting people and most of them are successful people in they're right already, but I feel like just overall, I don't know what it is that people get so fired up and then they just fizzle out so fast, man. I, they're not in it for the long ball. It's definitely, that's,
1: that's definitely, um, yeah, I think that goals kind of can keep you steady. It, you have the goals as long as you, you're still looking at the goals. You, you have it in front of you. Um, if you have no goals, You'll just you can just work work your ass off for a couple months, and then you kind of get fizzled out, like you said, because um, you don't have you're not working towards something. You get a little lost. And I find that happening to me time to time. They say it takes like 28 days or something to become a real like regimen in your life. So you really gotta struggle through those first 28 days, and then after after a month, it basically becomes part of your routine. You wake up and you you're uh, reading a chapter in a book or you're waking up and you're eating something healthy, you're putting something good in your body. The first 28 days might be difficult. It might be hard, but once you pass that threshold, it becomes part of a habit. And that's, that's habit is something that I, I can tell when I'm, when I'm doing all the right things cause it just, it seems so easy. I've been doing it for a while. It's, it's repetitive over and over again. And just, you know, raising the bar a little bit here and there, that's, that's, uh, that's a, another thing with the goal setting for sure.
0: What are some things you tell yourself when you're, you're, you find yourself slacking off? Like, do you have, cause obviously you're a very like internally driven guy and you're doing a lot of like really over the top stuff that you've become successful in. So like on the days you don't want to train or the, the days that like, maybe you have a, a client bail on you or the days that you just want to eat freaking pizza and drink beer all day, Like, how do you keep yourself from not kind of going off the deep end and pulling yourself back in? Because, you know, I know you're good at having both. Like I've seen you in the gym 10 hours a day and then I've seen you at the beach for five days straight. You know what I mean? So how do you you make sure that you don't go too extreme one way or the other or keep yourself consistent?
1: Uh, You got to know what you want and make it happen. I've always wanted to be able to go to the beach and hang out when I want to go to the beach and hang out. So I've, I've kind of my life has been. Um, I got into fighting where I can train for a fight, and in between training sessions, I go to the beach and I relax, and it's kind of good for my uh, my body to just hop in the water, move around a little bit. It's kind of recover. It's it's a good recovery. It's a good re- relaxation, and you need that. But at the same time, I can go down there and I can make calls to potential clients i can follow up with existing clients and stuff like that so i kind of knew what i wanted to do it was always a part of my life being able you know i live five minutes from the beach i hop down there uh and i get my i get my work done and it's that's it's almost like a goal of mine too to be able to have the the freedom to go to the beach and you know I, i do a lot of things to I rent rooms in my house to you know so I'm I'm not I it helps with the mortgage it helps with uh with everything and would it be easier sometimes to just live on my, by myself and not have to worry about people coming in the house and whatever I do Airbnb too uh yeah probably would but it's uh it, it helps me live the lifestyle that I want to live so I I've, I've set my goals in that too set what do you want to how do you want to live? How do you want to live your life? What do you want to do? Do you want to be able to go golfing every day? So that's cool. You can go golfing every day, but you got to, the the rest of your day has to, um, you know, work like someone, if if you're cool with having nothing and just living on the beach and chilling, then that's fine. But don't complain if you don't, if you don't have enough money to go on a trip or,
0: or, you know, do what you got to do, you know? Yeah, I think that's awesome, man. I love that. I actually, uh, I was I was there the first day you came into Longo's. Well, I don't know the first day you came in there, but when you had that sparring session that first time. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I don't know if I ever told you, but Costa, I didn't know Costa's fillip for a while, and uh, he kept telling me, it was like, oh, I have this friend, and he's your size, and you're going to spar, okay? And like for like a week this went on, and I was like, all right, all right. And then I was talking to uh, Johnny Eubanks and Al Jordan, and they were like, who's the guy? And I was like, Al Kinte and they were like, you don't want to spar with him, and I was like, "This guy's saying I have to." So come down tomorrow. Like Al's coming, and you're going to spar with him. And I was like, "Well, how many fights has he had?" And at the time, I had to get like 20 amateur fights or something. And I was like, "Uh, I, I don't know." He, no, 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 it'll be fine. It'll be fine. He's like, me like, "Don't worry about it. You'll be okay." So I show up there, and I see you like warming up or whatever. And Longo's like, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm here to spar." He's like, "With who?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Acosta said he's got some guy Al here for me to spar with. And he looked at Costas, and Costas just started, like, laughing his ass off. And Longo was like, you're not sparring with him. Like, he's been messing with you. And then he, like, sent you in, and you had that session with that that guy. And, dude, that was one of the coolest things I have ever seen. I remember, like, we were all around the cage, like, holy crap. And you were, like, dropping your hands. It's like, dude, that was awesome. And then I guess you started coming back more after that. But I always remembered that as, like, you came into kind of unfamiliar territory and just freaking, like, I've always known you as a guy who just, Freaking rises to the occasion, man, and just takes advantage of those opportunities. And you've been like that from that first time I ever met you, like right up until today, man. And I just think that that's that's awesome, man. It's like a shining example of like no matter what you do, like you always, especially being like such a quiet guy. Like the people were like, think you're this loud social media guy. Like you're always so like laid back and cool and easy, and you don't you don't really talk that much. But then like when you get in that pressure cooker, man, you really freaking just like turn it up, man. It's it's pretty awesome to see. Oh, I appreciate that. Was, I that a that's a
1: great that, that's Costa, right? That's that that's him 100%. He would he would uh he would get he he would have fun doing something like that. Um yeah, I miss that guy. I haven't, seen, on, I haven't seen him in forever, but uh that was uh yeah, that was that was um and that's kind of where I saw I was training at a different gym at the time, but I I saw that Ray and Matt, what they had going on there, and like my parents were never really behind me doing the fighting thing. They were always, um, you know, go to school, get a job with benefits, pension, blah blah blah. And um, I just, I just knew, so I just wanted to be in the gym fighting. I, I was kind of missing school. I was cutting out on. I go to, I went to Nassau, and I would, I dropped the classes that I wasn't doing good in. You know, and I would end up having a pretty good GPA, but I had a million withdrawals because I was going to the gym and I was I was just not into to school. It was just kinda of not my thing. Um I never I, I never school I never really set goals in. I it was always fighting and then once I saw Ray and Matt, um and once my parents really saw him that you can make a living doing it. There's so much. The sport is, at the time was blowing up, and it still is. Um, but that, that that seeing Matt and Ray being with them, I kind of really were, uh they were all about it. That that's what got them into it. They saw that you can make a living doing it. Uh, there's you're surrounding yourself with great, great people. Um, it was uh, it was it was that sparring session was did all. That changed a lot of things. That was it. Was it was awesome. It was great. There's uh, George Sauteropoulos, Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He went to war at the time. He was uh, in the UFC and having great success. I was just a young, young, hungry kid, man. And uh, yeah, I I sparred with him, and then afterwards, Ray was like, "Yeah, you know, we'd love to have you down here." And he he, uh, I just we we kind of clicked on like a a real martial arts level, we, I could tell that he would, he, we had, we, th- we think alike as far as techniques and, and, um, kind of a philosophy on fighting.
0: So that was, uh, I was just, that was a great day. That's cool, man. Yeah. I, I like exactly what you're saying. Just surrounding yourself with people that are happy for you. And, uh, that picture that just came out of you, Matt and Ray cornering Aljo, yeah like so excited like I I was showing it to people when I wherever I I forget where it was but I was like that's three people that are like legitimately genuinely happy for one of their friend and training partners success like there's like that's the kind of stuff I love like you couldn't fake that reaction the three of you guys were so happy for him and like insert whoever you know like Ray gets an award Matt goes into the hall of fame like you get a title shot like I like that you're surrounded with a bunch of people that are like are loyal and really there's not like jealousy or hate like because people know when Aljo's in there like you know he's in there because he worked his ass off and he, he earned that fight and he earned that opportunity and you know same thing with you. So I, I like that about people that are successful in real estate, people that are successful in in fighting all that stuff like you know at the gym if you're not going and somebody else is you're, you're not mad that they're getting better because you know hey like they put the time and they're getting what they deserve. Same thing. You know, real estate like I'm sure in your office or people you talk to, the ones that are that are crushing it, you probably see them there often and you know that they're always in there putting in the hard work. So they earn that listing by going on those appointments or making those phone calls or getting those rejected offers and that kind of stuff, you know?
1: Yep. No, it's, it's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's uh and, and Ray and Matt there you feel that when you walk in the gym, it's there's no it's a, it's just a, a great place to be. You always look forward to being there the people that turn it into an enjoyable, unenjoyable place usually get weeded out. They, they just they have the wrong attitude and they don't, they don't, um, they, they don't last, you know, in a, in a good environment. If you can last in a good environment, it means you bring something to the table and, and you know, whether it be just a good energy, whether it be some coaching skills, whether it be being a teammate, uh, helping in some way rather than just draining all the energy. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. So how did you get into to real estate? Like what piqued your interest on it? What kind of stuff? Like talk me through a little bit about what, what kind of got you into it and where you're now and what the, the overall plan is. Cause I've been hearing about like open up brokerages and branching out and stuff like that, man. So I, uh,
1: I just, so I, I bought my own house like four years, five years ago now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I enjoyed the process of looking at houses on Zillow and sending them to my friend's mother who was my agent at the time. And she, uh, she took me around. She showed me all the houses. She was very good. But um, I was doing a lot of the – she was awesome. But I was doing a lot of it, my own, like looking online and stuff like that. And then she sent me over a list of, of all the houses on the MLS. And I was like, wow, she has like access to something that I don't have. So, I, I just remembered all that and how she, I, I just, the, the whole process fascinated me, seeing what, you know, I was pre qualified for, what was around in my budget, where I wanted to live. And um, it was kind of like a puzzle piece that she had to fi- figure out with me. And we got it done. Uh, I just remembered that. So, when I hurt my knee, I was out fighting for, for, I mean, I didn't really have any idea when I was going to fight again. If I was definitely going to fight again, because I had a pretty serious knee surgery. I think I just walked into Keller Williams and was like, "I want to, I want to, uh, you know, start selling real estate. Help me out." And and I met with them. I did an interview with them. They told me all about what they offer. Uh, it was at this? It was right about that time when I figured out that they were just kind of throwing me in to the. To the mix without teaching me too much i had friends that wanted to buy houses and i didn't really know how to go about showing them the house i didn't know how to i didn't know the process of you know putting in an offer getting an accepted offer inspection getting under contract and then you know finally to closing i didn't know that whole process i didn't know what so i realized that i wasn't learning at the rate that i should have been uh at the same time i met through a friend um Rich Brassetini, who I, I told you about, he was the. Uh, it was a big brokerage. He, he branched off, saw the um, saw the potential of HomeSmart in the West Coast and how they were starting to move all over Long. One of the the uh, fastest growing brokerages in the nation. So he franchised. He got his. He went out, learned from them, started his own his own branch. Um, HomeSmart Premier Living, the first one on Long Island. And it was the three of us, and I just learned from him every day. We'd sit in the office, and I would just listen to how he spoke to people, listen to how he uh you know negotiated deals and and found uh leads work leads so it was uh it was i i that's when I knew I was really in the right spot i was he he had goals I saw that he had his own goals um and I followed right, right his, his path, and now it's one of the biggest brokerages on Long Island. It's uh, he just opened three more offices. Agents are coming over like crazy, and he's got one of the best training programs. I'm very happy that I ended up there. That's awesome, man. Nice. Yeah.
0: So what What's uh, what kind of stuff are you doing? Are you are you doing any anything on the investment side? Are you working more with homebuyers or cash flow properties or
1: uh, residential sales?
0: is mostly what I'm doing right now. I'm
1: looking, I'm, I'm kind of looking for a good deal with, uh, with a, uh, maybe like a two family rental, you know, get some, uh, get some passive income going. I'll find the right deal and, and pull the trigger. I, I listen to a lot of the podcasts and it's like, you just got to jump in the ring. You just got to get in there and you'll figure it out as you go. But if you win, or you lose, you move on to the next one and, and you already know what you got to do, what you got to fix. Uh, you learned a lot. So I think that's, I got, I, I'm going to, that's my My next thing I'm, I'm balancing real selling real estate. I hopefully have a flight coming up in December and then the next, the next step will be definitely throwing some money into, uh, an investment property, probably uh, a two family house rent out. I found, I found plenty of them for, uh, for clients. I think now it's the time for me to, to, get into it myself.
0: Cool. So are you going to do some type of like a, are you going to go right off the bat into investing or you're going to make yourself a primary for a year and try and get like an FHA loan and then refi out or something?
1: Uh, I would like to find something distressed, you know, some two, two family house, put some money into it, uh, rent it out, refinance it, throw that money into another one and kind of build a little, build a little portfolio of, of houses. I've, I've, you know, would like to, the the goal would be to have like 10 solid two family rentals. That's kind of like my, that's, it's like the goal in my head, uh, you know, for like the next three years, I'd say. So I think that's, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a little reach, but I think it's doable. I don't
0: think you it's reach at all, dude. I think you could definitely do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you married to the New York market or you branch it out into some of the surrounding areas? As far as investing? Yeah, for your, only for your, for your investing stuff, yeah.
1: You know, I thought about that. I don't know. I know you're big with the, with the remote all over the place, uh, you know, doing it all over the phone. I feel like I'm just the kind of person that needs to do it close to home, at least to start, you know. But I know you say once, once, you, uh, once you start close to home, you're stuck close to home. You're prolonging the inevitable. <laughs> yes, yeah, delaying the inevitable. Um, so we'll see, I, I still got to do more work. That's like, uh, I, I really, I'm going to focus on that after December, my fight in December. And then, uh, I think that the, that'll be the, um, my, my next, my next date is looking towards a fight in December. Awesome. And then after that, I'll have a lot more time to really do the, do the proper research
0: and, and, uh, make it happen. Are you uh, is is that looking like it's going to be the that Milwaukee car with Kevin Lee? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the. They keep telling me that's the plan. I'm still waiting for a contract, but they say that's the
1: plan, and it should it looked it's it's as as close as can be
0: uh, confirmed without having a contract signed. You know, it's so weird that they tweet bouts that aren't actual bouts. Like I didn't notice that until like I actually knew you and Chris, and then like I would see Chris, and I'm like, they announced that fight. He's like, it's not signed, but they, I'm like. Why do they do that? I don't know.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know why they've been doing that. I think they kind of stopped it because fights have been falling through, or whatever. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of pressure guys into taking a fight, or I don't know what it is. But it's definitely uh, it's kind of uh, kind of annoying. I think, right?
0: I can't imagine how frustrating that is for you as the fighter having yeah, it. They, it find on,
1: to they find out on Twitter that it's uh,
0: <laughs> that it's a fight I guess where you
1: still like I didn't sign a contract
0: I don't know yeah dude, yeah, I, I can't imagine how it makes you feel I get mad for you I think I was talking to Chuck about it but like somebody like Kevin Lee that is making this big name for himself and it's like Al beat him like Al and you beat him pretty handily too and then Khabib everybody's now. oh I figured out the secret to Khabib because Al did so good with him and I think people are going to quickly realize when they see if you fight Kevin Lee again and smash him or however the Connor stuff goes, that people are going to have to realize by how good Kevin Lee and how good Khabib do that it wasn't about how great they were or how bad a night they had. It was how good you actually are. Like, does that... Like, because I get so pissed off. I'm like, stop devaluing what he did. Oh, well, it was this, it was that. Like, the people that know you know that those people looked human because you're just that good. Like, how do you... Does that, like, get to you? Because it drives me nuts.
1: I think it all... It's all going to it'll all show itself, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll work out. Um, I took a lot of time off. I, I had, you know, two fights in a couple of years. So people haven't really been able to see how much I've progressed and how much, uh, I, I kind of like, I almost feel like I've turned into more of a, more of a veteran kind of, I, I wouldn't call it say veteran, but I'm not no longer like the, the newbie, you know, I, I'm, I'm, pretty pretty comfortable now in the cage and i've been there i've done i've seen pretty much everything so um i think that goes a goes a long way i think once if i get you know i fight kevin lee again people are going to see that they've just been seeing him more he's fought more and they've kind of seen his progression but i definitely uh definitely came just as far and and hopefully further but uh He's been working hard. He's definitely been working hard. He's had some good fights. He's tough. Uh, I think he's going to be
0: just trying to wrestle the whole time. But uh, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be fun. Um, I'm a betting man. I'm going to be betting on you for sure, man, in pretty much all those fights. That Khabib stuff is just amazing, man. That was the coolest thing ever. We were all in the back at the bus tour, like, watching that, man. Just That's what I think it's all about, man. Just you, you really take life and seize opportunities r- regardless of what it is. And that's the kind of stuff that excites me about just, you know, having people around that are you like – like, I know a lot of really cool, interesting people that do stuff like that, and I just think it that's just where success and life experience, like, you're never a guy who's going to look back on life and, like, regret stuff or be like, what if this, what if that? Like, you really just go for it, man. It's, it's very refreshing, you know? I
1: appreciate it. That's definitely – I definitely go for it, 100%. It's uh, – I don't know why. Sometimes – yeah, no, it's just a good thing, I guess. You know, sometimes I, I can uh, – I don't even say getting myself into trouble, get myself over my head, but nuts. No, it's it's uh, I go for it, and like you said, no regrets. Just take it, take whatever opportunities you get. Try to try to. I just wish I had a little more time to train for that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I got. But that motivated me. You know, I show me this guy's like the best in the world. Him, he's the number one, number two ranked guy. Um, and if I can, on a day's notice five rounds when I was only training for three and I was training for a totally different fight. Um, I think I definitely have the, it's I'm right there. I'm right there. hundred percent there.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. That was, uh, I, I think that you that was, the do it again. Yeah. That's it. You're on your way, man. You're on your way. You're getting there
1: no.
0: on the, uh, on the investment side. When you write down your goals and stuff like that, like, so when you're saying, Hey, I want to get 10 houses or 10, two family flats in the next year or whatever it is with the 10 houses. Um, I would encourage you when you look at them, think about like, really, what do you specifically want out of the houses? Is it a uh, long ball for equity, for pay downs, for cash flow, for cash on cash? Like, because if, if it comes down on the investment side to just numbers and rate of return and things like that, and that's really what's driving you, that's where I think, especially on the buy and holds, you might want to look into some of these other areas. And it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be somewhere that, You have to do everything over the phone. Like, we're in a nice place in the tri state area that you could drive to New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania. You know, I have properties in Delaware and Philly that within an hour or two, you can still hit a lot of really good places that'll get you some of that. Or maybe it is that you want to play uh, in Long Island because there's just so much money there. And if you can get a, a good equity spread on it, you know what I mean? But I would try and figure out on the buy and holds of like, what is it that you want the equity, the cash flow, the rate of return, and and then I can definitely help you if you want to get into some other places and things like that. I've picked up so many cool things over the last, like, six, seven, eight, nine months from the different people I've just been coming across to really kind of dial things in and find some good opportunities and some stuff I wanted to uh, kind of set up with you in New York as well. But that's what I would definitely start to look at after December, man, for sure.
1: You know, I I feel like my network is Long Island based. I have a a tough time. See, you're... you're, uh, you're like a nomad. You're all over the place. You travel. You're always in a new city. I like to travel, but I always, I was really, I don't think I could leave, uh, like my network, everything's right here. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe like Suffolk County, I think even out there, you get a lot more for your money and stuff like that. But definitely, uh, I realize I have a lot to learn, so I'm going to be picking your brain and I'll I'll need to know as much as as much as possible before
0: uh, before I really get it going. Yeah, dude. When uh, when, when you when you get the flat out of the way, I was talking to Algie a little bit yesterday, man. But we could definitely sit down and I could show you some of the stuff that we're working on and some of the things that we're doing. And you know, even if it doesn't pan out, I, I think it'll get you a, a better comfort level of, of realizing that you really don't have to be there because yet yeah, like there's there's definitely properties that I go see or go check on. Yeah. Well, usually, it's so I can show them to like other investors and be like, "Here's what I'm doing or like use for the classes like there's a lot of good stuff with technology for checks and balances and things that you don't really have to be there or leave, and you can be pretty informed on a day to day day basis and really put a a team in place to manage that stuff and you know it's always it's always a moving target a little bit because at the end of the day you're dealing with people and their employees, and sometimes they don't get you the information or they don't do what they're supposed to so Like, you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, when you know what's good, it becomes very easy to identify when things are not a right fit or things are not good. Like if you talk to anybody on Long Island about doing real estate, you're going to know pretty quick if they're full of shit or not. You talk to anybody who does jujitsu or MMA and they say they do, you're going to know within two minutes if they have any idea what they're talking about or if they're completely full of crap. So, you know, I I feel like it's, it's the same type of thing. Like the, because I've made the wrong decision so many times, I know those red flags to look out for. And uh, oh, yeah. I think that you're always doing the right thing. Like you said, you surround yourself with people that can mentor you and help you. Or in my case, I always think what I bring to the table is I have done it all wrong already. You know, so I know all the things to look out for. So other people don't have to make those mistakes and stuff. And uh, happy to help, man. As soon as you're ready to focus on it, we can get you going for sure. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Nicky. Cool, cool man. man. Wrapping up any, uh, any, any things you want to plug, like how do people find you? I guess not on social media, but they want to talk to you about a home, Uh, Any investment stuff? Just kind of follow you. See what kind of stuff you got going on. Follow your fight stuff. Raging out realty at yahoo.com. Shoot
1: me an email. If you're looking to buy, sell property anywhere in the United States, I can help you out. Um, Hopefully lock this down December 15th. Kevin Lee, Milwaukee, Wisconsin on Fox main event. That's the game plan. I've been training, training for it. My mindset on that already, so we'll uh,
0: keep you informed. I love it, man. And if that fight goes through, I will 100% be there. I can drive there from where I am. I already have that that day cleared, and uh, I'll be home all week, man. So I'll, I'll hit you up. So I think we're going to get some rolling in. So hopefully, we get to see one of you. in. Cool. Sounds good. All right, man. I appreciate it. Raging Ally Quinta. You always bring your A game, my dude. I appreciate it.